The following podcast has been rated TVMA, NSFW, R, and NC-17, so it is not safe for kids. Put your children to bed. You spend enough time with them anyway. Say, friend, now I don't mean to pry or even assume anything, because Lord knows that'll make an ass out of both of us. But I couldn't help notice you're out here doing what you can, best you can, and making your way in the apocalypse without a drink. I hear you. A drink's a high five, a pat on the back, tastes good, makes you feel good. But out here, you don't want to feel good. You need a real drink that'll clean a wound, taste like chaos, and a burn that'll teach you all you need to know about how to survive. Well, this shocking beverage will snap you right back into place, no matter how many zombies or clicky mushroom people you had to face today, or or how many you lost in the fires when the robots took over. Whatever your scenario, all you need is a shot of Jepson's Malort. With a taste like ground-up mummies and viper piss, this refreshing 70-proof vintage will outlast us all. So make friends with the only one that's going to make it out of here alive. Jepson's Malort. The only drink that will still be here. Proud sponsor. <clears throat> Proud sponsor of Chad the Birdcast, which is what you're listening to right now. Your official Birdcast of the Apocalypse. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to shout. Sorry. Test, test, test. Oh, hey, what's going on? My name is Chad. I'm a bird. This is my Birdcast. This is not part of the previous commercials, which were also me. I know it is confusing. But we're riding out this format until the end of 2023, which is coming up very fast. So just chill. Who has chill these days? Man, who's got money? Anyway, um, you're listening to the Birdcast. This is where we get to take a minute um, during the week. If you are someone who follows and watches my jams and is like, I wonder what that bird's thinking right now. Post the thing. I'm like, okay, we sit down for a minute. I got I got like 20. There's a train coming. Um and for those of you who don't know, I live in Chicago, and we take trains and buses, but mostly we're drunk. Anyway, uh, th- yeah, here's, we just wrap for a minute. Um, let's see, I've got some mail here. It's not fan mail, it's just like bills, science stuff, popular science stuff. Oh, it must be good. Anyway, those are the jokes. Um, and now for the plugs. Wednesday, December 20th, 2023. Live from Logan Arcade, Chad gets lit, the hollow litmus special. I will be hanging out with some friends and some palsies and some complete strangers and some champions as we watch the Pinball Fight Club take on uh, the table for the month. I don't want to tell you what it is, but it definitely is on theme. So come on by and you can, and like if you get there early, you can always try to guess to see what it is. We do that in the chat. I'm going to give out prizes if you get it. I think we should start doing that. So show up in the chat early. It's 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. It's from Chicago broadcasting live on the Chad Tubes, which is the links down below. Just go there. It's easy. YouTube.com slash Chad the Bird. And yeah, we're going to go live on at 8 p.m. And we're going to play some pinball. And we're going to watch the champions play. We're going to be witness to a new champion crowned or belted. And we're going to get holla lit. Miss, I don't know. We didn't, we have to go back to PR with that one. I think we're doing something wrong. Steve, can you come into my office, please? I have to talk to you about ho- hollow litmus.
be pretty awesome if I did that. And some guy was like, yeah, no problem. <laughs> Ghosts. That's okay. That's a reason for a haunting. If it ever happens to me, I'm going to put them to work in my, they'll be my office. It's like, okay, if you're going to haunt this, you got to work. You got to at least do something. Sorry. I know your tormented soul, but maybe your tormented soul would feel better after it filed some of these invoices spreadsheets. I don't know why I'm doing the ghost voice. Maybe it's because, Ooh, maybe that's offensive. All right. I shouldn't do that. Sorry, ghosts. Please don't haunt me unless you're looking for some office work, light office work. It would have to be because you're not corporeal. What did I talk about last week? And why am I, why am I rambling? Because I did, it's sad Norman Lear, the great Norman Milton Lear, television producing icon and cultural touchstone, passed away. I mean, he passed away at 101 years old, so I mean, like, good for him, well done. May we all fucking land that plane, but still kind of sad. So, anyway, drink a whiskey and join me for the eulogy of Norman Lear, already in progress. That you like me Cause you could go downhill I can't promise that you love me But you probably will Dearly beloved And those that just came for the food Whether you know someone that has passed on Or am currently a ghost And have somehow found your way in here Don't worry, we'll be cool if you are one thing we can agree on, corporeal or not, eulogies are hard to write. Humans live a long time compared to most animals and some irritating fly species, which I guess kind of works out because they suck. So like, nature follows open mic rules. If you're gonna be a pest, you get less time at the mic. <laughs> and to honor a human life takes care and knowledge, and how the fuck are you supposed to know everything they did? Like, you wanna hit up the accomplishments, that's kind of the point, be a bit gnar if you didn't. Like, if instead the eulogy was just the dumb shit that they did in their life, like, Mary was a wonderful woman, except for that time she totally ghosted a wedding, didn't throw her card down to cover her part of the check, forgot to return my Tupperware and added me to a group text chain of 90% of the people on I didn't know, and then I had to silence the thread because my phone was vibrating like it was trying to come to life, and then I forgot what the fuck the thread was about, so I had to scroll a Bible's worth of history back to find out the fucking reason this whole fucking thing started and whilst doing so, I stepped in a puddle and then my sock was wet. Anyway, that was Mary, blessed be her memory. If you wanna aim for the good stuff, that's the point, but when a eulogy opportunity is presented, you can't possibly know everything cool and groovy a person did. Like what if they were super good at frying an egg? Like what if they always nailed a hundred target hole ski ball? What if they were like really good at shits? Like, never strained, never grunted, just in and out like a professional, no evidence left behind. Can't really know everything good a human does. So you just gotta go with the big moves, which is only a fraction of the good stuff that a human can do. So really, the eulogy itself is not a complete honorarium. It is a BuzzFeed list of accomplishments. And I'm the guy that stays through the credits at the end of the movie because I wanna honor the whole thing, man. Love a lot of moving pieces. And there's a lot of moving pieces in a movie. And there's a lot of tiny victories in life. I feel it should be honored or you're not getting the full story. But that's hard to do. Eulogies are hard to write. It is odd that a eulogy is hard to write. You'd think after all this time of humans dying and others having to honor them, it would get easier. 
It has been a human tradition that goes back a ways, probably forever, since the first caveman was like, ah, oh, shit, Nog is not moving anymore. That sucks. And then the rest of the cave pod was like, do we just like leave him there or eat him or what's the deal here? And yay, some other cave person came down the hill or whatever and said, yeah, don't eat him. Let's not do that. Last time we got real sick. Let's bury him in the ground because like big animals are probably going to want a piece of him. We don't need that drama in the community right now. And then they buried Nog. And while doing it, another cave person was like, man, I'm fucking bummed. Someone say something nice. And those that knew Nog best were like, yeah, that's a Jim Dandy idea. Let's do this every time one of us stops moving and break the tension. It sweetens the deal, you know? And that cave person was like, Nog was a good guy, whatever. And another cave person was like, yeah, but also he was good at blank. And then another one was like, yeah, actually, don't forget that one time, yada, yada. Eventually, they all realized it was difficult to summarize a life. And that's how it went down or whatever. I don't know. I'm winging it here. Like I said, eulogies are hard. And they are especially hard when the human you are honoring in words did so much for so long, makes it a pain in the fucking ass. Because like, you got to make sure you mention all the good stuff they did. And if you, get, if you forget anything, someone's going to raise their hand and, well, actually you, which is pissy, and now the mood is ruined. So keep it tight, humans. <laughs> Live a life that fits into a 10-minute summary. Make it easy on us that survived you to eulogize you, okay? We have shit to do. Unfortunately, though, we are here to eulogize a human that lived so long and did so much, there's just no way we can fit it all into a single eulogy, which is already hard to do. So bear with me a moment, for a moment is all we have, as we honor the great and wonderful Norman Milton Lear. Now, Norman Milton Lear is a name that probably doesn't ring a lot of bells with anyone not part of the original sandwich generations. That's a fancy flavor of generational living that originally referred to a generation of women having to care for kids and parents, hence the sandwich term. And it is not as tasty as it sounds, but it's probably as expensive as a good one, which it should not be. Sandwiches should not be expensive. That is a flaw in society. And yeah, it's more and more common these days, but the sandwich generation phenomenon was recognized in the late 20th century as changes in lifespan and later age for childbearing meant that mothers often had small children and older parents at the same time. So those that were part of the first round to experience this definitely have heard and have been directly affected by the work of Norman Lear. Born in 1922 in New Haven, Connecticut, went to high school in New York and then Connecticut because they moved, and then, 1940, goes to Emerson College in Boston. This guy's more East Coast than a bagel and a bowl of clam chowder. <laughs> 1942, Norman Lear drops out of college and joins the Air Force, where he flew 52 combat missions as a radio operator gunner on a B-17 bomber, honored with an air medal and four oak leaf clusters, basically because he was a badass and he lived, which is a perfect score and victory points for you completionists in the room of the Air Force in World War II. Norman comes back home, starts a PR career, inspired by his Uncle Jack, quote, my dad had a brother, Jack, who flipped me a quarter every time he saw me. He was a press agent, so I wanted to be a press agent. That's the only role model I had. So all I wanted was to grow up to be a guy who could flip a quarter to his nephew. He moved to California, where he actually got to see Charlie Chaplin perform on stage once. That's for context in case you're lost in the multiverse right now, wondering in what time period we are in. 
Norman teams up with his cousin Elaine's husband, Ed Simmons, and starts a door-to-door sales business before realizing it was way more fun to write comedy sketches. And they were hired to write for Martin and Lewis. That's Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis, for anyone needing directions here. And Roan and Martin, that's Dan Roan and Dick Martin. Their show is called Laughing. Stay with me. If you can follow Vanderpump Rules, you can follow this. <laughs> Norman gets hired in the 70s to direct two films starring Dick Van Dyke. And during that time, he tried selling a comedy series about a blue-collar sandwich generational family loosely based on his own dad and mom and directly based on an old British sitcom called Till Death to Us Part. That show gets picked up by CBS and All in the Family airs in 1971. If yeah, you can give it up for All in the Family. It's one of the greatest shows of all time. If there is a twitch, somebody started singing the theme song and that warmed my heart a little bit. If there is a twitch in your brain chemistry from that name, it's because it is considered one of the greatest TV shows of all time. After that, Norman Lear is inspired by another British sitcom called Steptoe and Son about a London junk dealer living with his son, changes the location to the Watts section of Los Angeles, and in 1972, Sanford and Son airs. And then a whole bunch of spin-offs. Yeah, give it up for Sanford and Son, come on. And then a whole bunch of spin-offs, like something out of Sunday School Lecture. And all in the family begat Maud and the Jeffersons. And Maud begat Good Times. Then came Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman, which begat Fernwood tonight, and so it was good. He also produced a little number called One Day at a Time in Different Strokes. All of which concerned American families sandwiched between generations, just trying to get by. All of which did what no other sitcoms at the time were doing. Holding a mirror up to the world as it was. Not coding it in escapism, but instead showing the culture the biting comedy that it is itself. Up until then, no one was touching race relations, classism, sexual orientation, Rob Reiner, all issues <laughs> that the American public had to face or it was gonna suffocate inside of itself. His activism didn't start there, it just didn't stop at his shows. Norman Lear also started People for the American Way and he even bought one of the only copies of the original Declaration of Independence and he toured it all over the country. The man was as all-American as the club sandwich. So many things on top of each other trying to work together. <laughs> he produced fried green tomatoes, speaking of food, and most notably in this buffet of notoriety, was a driving force and an executive producer of The Princess Bride. <laughs> he wrote for The Chappelle Show and South Park. Anything that was holding a mirror up to the many layers we are experiencing as a culture. He was a deli counter pantry chef of the metaphorical generational hot and cold meal compacted into something too big to eat in one bite. And much like that, there's just too much to talk about Norman Lear, who passed away on December 5th, 2023, at 101 years old. Anyway, I'm hungry. <laughs> and there's no way we're gonna finish this in one sitting. So take this home with you. Think for a minute about how much you do each day, good or bad, because that's your life. That's the whole hoagie that is, and will be you and your story. Don't be afraid to hold the mirror up to yourself and see all of your toppings and fillings, your bits and breads, because that's what makes you interesting and delicious and complicated. May your story be a sandwich. May you live it honestly. And when we all live lives big enough and long enough to be too much to be remembered in a moment. So raise your glasses to Norman Lear. May we all make it hard to write a eulogy about us when our story is done. I love you. Good night. Chad the Bird.
Yeah, see, like, that's always the thing at funerals. I just get hungry. I, I mean, I guess that's a thing. That's science. I don't know the science. If you do know, email me. Anyway, special thanks to the Barracudas for the kick-ass song promises. It's taken us out on the back end. It has since 2016. Smooth. Another year in the books, boys. Thank you to my ride or die, Jebson's Malort. It's the fuel in the tank that's kept this old chassis moving down the highway. <clears throat> it's the allergies, man. The radiators are on, too. I just, I'm smoked. Thank you to you for listening. Thank you to Hunter for recording me. Thank you to the Discord. Thank you to Instagram, YouTube. Find me on the things. Join the journey. We got one more uh, in 2023, and then we're taking the week off. So, um, stick around. We're not done. Wednesday, December 20th. Come on to the YouTube, or don't. You live your life how you want to. But that's what's happening. We're going to be slamming some balls live for the holidays. And, um, I don't know, drive safe. Please do. That's important. You got the car. Now drive it far. Maybe that's why people suck at driving. The rhymes are crap. Nailed it.